Today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. All right, uh, let's head south of the border. The U.S. president has chose Amy Barrett as the new Supreme Court nominee to replace the late Ruth uh, Ginsburg, who... Uh, who is she and how will her, how will she make an impact on the Supreme Court? Let's bring in Paul Collins, a professor of legal studies and political science at the University of Massachusetts, Amherst, and is with us now. Paul, thanks for the time. Hope you're doing well. I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me on, Scott. So tell us your thoughts about Amy Barrett and, uh, do Americans have a reason to be fearful of her? Well, Judge Barrett is a sort of classic appointment from the perspective of the president. She's relatively young at 48. She's very conservative. She has the experience we would expect of a Supreme Court nominee in that she was a federal court of appeals judge. She has strong ties to the Federalist Society, which is a group that plays a major role in the selection of President Trump's judges. And she has a compelling personal story. If she confirmed She'll be the first mother with school-aged children on the court. Uh, everybody, when, when, when any of these uh, latest nominations have been named, everybody, uh, again, moves to the abortion issue and are, are worried that legislation is going to be overturned. We, we've been hearing this for years and decades and such. Is this still an issue? Is it, could this still happen if, if the court leans this way? I guess it is possible, Absolutely. but what are the chances? The chances are high that if confirmed that Judge Barrett would vote at a minimum to restrict access to abortion, and she would possibly vote to overturn Roe versus Wade, which is one of the major fears that members of the Democratic Party and liberal Americans have with respect to her appointment. Uh, I, I, I'm being, I'm obviously playing devil's advocate here. Every day that every every day that goes by, does it not make it more difficult to bring that case back and have this discussion again? Or again, do you think we will find ourselves wading into this case once again in the future? So, the, the idea that Roe versus Wade might stand as a precedent for a very long time—that that's. That's pretty mainstream, um, but what's happened with Roe versus Wade, particularly over the past 30 or so years, is that it's been sort of chipped away over and over and over again, such that it's almost unrecognizable in many ways. So some folks are wondering, you know, will Judge Barrett be the final nail on the coffin of Roe versus Wade, or will her membership on the Supreme Court just continue the United States down a path in which access to abortion uh, becomes less and less. If all of a sudden this was to happen, what do you think the reaction would be in America? So, you know, the country is split on the issue of abortion, um, but a majority of Americans support the fundamental holding in Roe versus Wade. So I think there'd be a lot of backlash. Um, obviously, there'd be backlash by liberals in the country, but there's also a non-trivial number of Republicans that support Roe versus Wade. Um, uh, Mitt Romney was uh, one of the last deciding uh, votes, I guess, for this nomination, and many were thinking that he might, or, or hoping that he might vote against this nomination. Uh, again, I'm playing devil's advocate here. He said, uh, and I'm paraphrasing here, you know, to my liberal, to my liberal friends, uh, you can't be in charge of the Supreme Court forever. It is a democracy. Sooner or later, it's going to be somebody else's turn. Your thoughts on his statement? I think that was a strange statement. 
Um, the Supreme Court of the United States has been conservative since 1969. So the idea that liberals have had some type of ownership over the Supreme Court in the last 50 or so years, it just doesn't mesh with reality. Um, so I found his comment a little bit confusing, actually. So uh, n- not valid in your mind, then? No, I don't think so. Um, the, the fact is, is that Republican presidents have uh, selected many more Supreme Court justices than Democratic presidents have. And the court itself has been conservative since the Warren Court era that ended in 1969. And what do you think the chances are of this uh, of uh, Amy Barrett being confirmed in this going through? Do you, is, do you think there's any obstacles there? So there are obstacles. Um, so I think what we're going to see happen in terms of how their confirmation hearings are going to play out is that Judge Barrett's nomination will, will kind of be attacked two major ways. The first will be that the seat shouldn't be filled so close to an election. And this, of course, will bring us back to President Obama's appointment of Merrick Garland, which was made 237 days before the presidential election in 2016. Judge Barrett's appointment is is only 38 days before the election. So you'll see a lot of talk about that, particularly uh, in the senator's opening statements. But also Judge Barrett herself will be asked about that. And then the second main line of attack is going to be an attempt by Democrats to to paint her as outside of the constitutional mainstream and as a conservative activist who will overturn the Affordable Care Act. And I think you're going to see a lot of attention by Democrats on the idea that if Judge Barrett is seated on the Supreme Court, she will vote to overturn the Affordable Care Act. And the ramifications of that in the global pandemic are enormous. Uh, how do you think this is resonating with Americans? Is this going to affect the election in any way? That's a tough question. Historically, Republicans have been a little bit more excited about the Supreme Court than Democrats, but that's actually shifted this year. Public opinion polls are telling us that Democratic voters uh, care more about the Supreme Court, care more about Supreme Court appointments. So if we you know, conceptualize that in terms of what this might mean for the election, I think you might see at the margins Democratic voters mobilize around the Supreme Court a bit more than Republican voters. Uh, we've certainly heard uh, the rumblings that, uh, you know, Donald Trump's trying to create some uh, sort of conspiracy, some sort of, of question in people's minds that the vote is going to be rigged or that if he doesn't win, that somehow the election is fixed and that he won't uh, he, he won't accept uh, the defeat. Uh, does that change with the Supreme Court uh, having uh, obviously more conservatives than liberals on it? Does that help yeah, him in this battle? Scary that's a little scary. So so the president hasn't exactly been shy about expressing, in his view, the need to confirm Judge Barrett because he thinks that the Supreme Court might decide the outcome of the election. I don't know that I agree with that. But it's a little bit scary to think about rushing through an appointment to the United States Supreme Court with the idea that this vote might be in the favor of the president of the United States if the election were to go to the court. How is it resonating in the United States that he perhaps won't step down if he doesn't like the result? It's problematic. 
um, you know, obviously you can imagine that Democrats are furious about it. But there's also many Republicans um, who have serious reservations about a president openly suggesting that we might not have a peaceful transition of power. Right. The Republican Party is historically the party of law and order. And you know what's more orderly than the peaceful transition of power in the executive branch? Is the media making too much of this? At the end of the day, there's a security team to remove anybody that isn't supposed to be there. Uh, is the media just playing into this for Donald Trump? There's no doubt that this makes for good ratings, right? Um, but I do think that there is a genuine fear that come election night, where, where I highly doubt that America will know the outcome of the presidential election on election night. But the fear is that come election night, President Trump might prematurely declare victory. I think it's more likely that we'll know the outcome of the presidential election in a couple days, maybe even a couple weeks. Um, and of course, it could go to the courts. Um, so, you know, obviously, you know, this, this does well for the media in America, but there is a legitimate fear there. Paul Collins has been with us, professor of legal studies and political science, University of Massachusetts, Amherst, uh, in regard to the president's uh, candidate for the Supreme Court. Paul, thanks for the time and insight. Much appreciated. Be well. My pleasure, Scott. I appreciate it. It is 229. It is 900 CHML. I'm Scott Thompson. Coming up after the news, last week, uh, Ford, the motor company, not the premier, announced that production of electric vehicles will be made at the Oakville plant. What does that mean for the industry moving forward? And something more from the Sound of Music Festival out of Burlington. That's all coming up after the news at 2.30. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.